Good afternoon. Welcome to Business Buzz. I'm Harold Littlejohn, CPA. I'm here to hopefully entertain you for the next hour, maybe enlighten you a little bit. I actually have a returning guest today. We're going to talk Chico business, some national business, some all kinds of interesting business because this man's been around the block. We're going to hear quite a bit about what he's been doing lately and what he's done before. He's a Almost uh, his family is a major Chico family. We're going to talk about that too. His name's Jesse Allred. How you doing, Jesse? I'm doing well, Harold. Thank you very much for asking me in today. Well, thanks. I'm glad you could come. It's uh, it's always fun to talk uh, local business and especially someone who's pretty much tapped into the national side of business lately. I know, so we'll get to that. But great. First, let's uh, let's just talk a little bit about your family and how their businesses in Chico went over the last, what, five or six decades, should I say? Yeah, that's pretty close. Um, Mom and dad, uh, dad born in Marysville, mom in uh, Red Bluff, uh, met at Chico State um, and went on a double date with um, different people, but enjoyed one another company so much that they finally um, had the courage to ask one another out, and uh, the rest, as they say, is history. Oh, great. And the, his name was Allred, right? Yep. Arvel Allred. Yep. Yep. And uh, Now, where was my, his family from originally before Marysville? Missouri. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, and, and Scotland. So they came right. over and um, settled in southern Missouri and then uh, came out to, well, in fact, he was on the Borax team that brought uh, telephone cables and 20 mule team Borax over the Nevada, Sierra Nevadas into California. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, my mom was born in Missouri. Yep. Interesting. Very interesting. Well, it was a, it was a um, drop-off point, stop, start point. It, it's where everybody came west. Right, St. Louis. Yep. So Arville was one of the ones on the trip from Missouri, or his um, dad it, was? Believe it or not, in the arms of Aunt Titchy, my grandfather was. Oh, okay. So my dad was born out here. Oh, okay. Your dad was yeah. born here, right, in Marysville. Okay. Yep. So when they started together there, when they got married, what kind of business were they in at that time? Well, um, this was right around World War II, and dad went into the Air Force. And um, fortunately enough, he was a very good horn player. And so he ended up being in the Air Force band, and they uh, transferred uh, him to Salt Lake City. So he spent the war in Salt Lake City, um, played in the Air Force Band for all kinds of reasons. And then when they came back after the war, there just wasn't any work at all. And so they settled at my mom's father's place, a ranch up in Red Bluff off Tyler Road. Oh. Um, And my grandfather, uh, Joe Isidore Casale, is an interesting character himself. In fact, um, he left Genoa when he was 14 and went to Australia, went through Australia, didn't like it, came to San Francisco, and met a guy by the name of A.P. Giannini. Speaking, oh, yeah. Speaking of the uh, Bank, Bank of, of America Italy. guy. Yeah. Yeah. And um, they became friends. And my grandfather bought land up in Tehama County. Oh. And he said, you know, there's no good bank up here, buddy. Uh, come yeah. on up. Come on up. So A.P. Giannini came up, uh, had to come through Chico, went from Chico to Red Bluff. And um, said, nope, uh, there's not enough people for us to justify the bank in Red Bluff, but we'll put one in Chico. Oh, and right so, there on 2nd and Broadway. As right? a matter of fact, 2nd and Broadway, and that bank was the sixth bank ever uh, built by Bank of America. Wow. Yeah. So your grand, your great-grandfather? Nope, or your grand- my grandfather. Your grandfather was instrumental in getting that bank in yeah. Chico. Yeah, he wanted it in Red Bluff, but right. Ginny wasn't was big enough. Smart not enough, enough people. Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. Now, was it still Bank of Italy at that time, or was it yeah. T of A? No, it um, was in the transition at that time. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, very. He was also the first one to own a car uh, in Tehama County and oh. owned the first telephone in Tehama County, and he and 17 other gentlemen founded the county. Was he kind of a well-to-do, uh, wealthy guy? No, entrepreneur. Oh, okay. Entrepreneur. So he was rubbing yep. elbows with everybody, but yep. he wasn't a millionaire. Or no, not even close. Yeah. Uh, he grew wheat and um, sheep 
Wow. Yeah. Now, I noticed that name, Casale. Mm-hmm. I think one of your sisters goes by that as a maiden name or something? Uh, yeah. In fact, right. Um, right. Um, it, it is uh, a family is it an name Italian that we passed to passed it along yeah my daughter's middle name is casale is it italian oh very yeah he was born in genoa oh yeah that's what i thought yep yep so they so your parents got married and did they start a business well that's an interesting question um i don't know whether you could call it a business because it was more of a passion um at the end of the war my mom's mom uh by the same name grace uh, told everybody after uh, hanging out after the war ended that she just couldn't continue to feed them, and so they're going to have to find work. She didn't have any work at the time, and uh, her husband had died. Joe had died. Uh, and so um, Dad had had a passion for circus for his entire life, and so together they decided that they would start out small, and they constructed or had fabricated a 50-foot-long trailer that would house 200 exotic animals. And so they had the trailer built. They um, purchased all the animals from a variety of locations um, and ended up uh, traveling up and down the state of California um, showing off all of these animals on this trailer. Like an exhibit, like a circus yeah. coming to town. Well, to begin with, yeah. It did was, they take uh, them the, out of the cages or did they leave no, them No, they, it, it's funny. The, the sides of what we called the wildlife, but it was the Pan American Zoological Exhibition, um, lifted up its side panels, which created a roof overhang, and then they surrounded it with canvas put down stands, and then put cages on the outside and cages on the trailer um, floor itself. And so you could walk through this uh, 125-foot trail looking at all of the various animals, Malayan sun bear, California puma, uh, rhesus monkeys, uh, raccoons, snakes, uh, exotic uh, birds, so and, they and bought, so they bought these animals? Yeah, yep. Oh, wow. they, and it's funny, way, way back uh, when... Um, they uh, they were able to purchase animals for quite a low price. Right. And in fact, I remember when they bought their first circus, which is the evolution of the animal exhibit, they bought a pair of uh, seals, trained seals, uh, king and princess. And the food that um, they bought along with the purchase of these seals was, uh, you know, cheaper than a McDonald's meal for a month. Right. Um, all kinds of um, sardines and, mm-hmm. and other kinds of food. It was really very wow. interesting. And, and they we, ran this out of Red Bluff? Yeah, they started it out of Red Bluff, and then um, it got active. Uh, Dad needed to get back to uh, education because he wanted his degree in music, and he wanted to teach. But meanwhile, uh, this was providing them an income, and so we, we all, um, let's see, that would be, Six of us moved down to Chico before. Six siblings, right? Six siblings. And then the, the twins were born, and then Chad was born. So we had a total of eight siblings. So it was five that moved down here. Oh, okay. Um, and um, we moved uh, to Poppy Street, and then from Poppy Street to Karen Drive, and Karen Drive to where we ultimately ended up. Was Karen um, Drive around one. that long ago? In oh, the yeah. the 50s? Yeah. Uh, in fact, um, I think it was 1954 or 55. It was one of Hignall's. First, right. I know it's a big uh, subdivision. Yeah, in fact, yeah. when we were living at Karen Drive, um, where In Motion Fitness is now, uh, we watched and then jumped the fence and played in what was becoming the Wentz supermarket or grocery oh, store. And it turned into Holiday later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So yeah, it was uh, a way for them to make money and to entertain people. And my dad. Uh, was always very passionate about the circus. When Ringling uh, came to Marysville by train when he was a little kid, he snuck out of the house and right. watched them unload the, all the animals and set the tent. And uh, we followed it ever since. Since he was a, a teacher, a little bit later, we were able to uh, travel with a number of shows every summer. So it was, it was quite so exciting. So you were like an opening act for other bigger shows? Is no, that no, 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 not at all. In fact, um, after the Pan American Zoological Exhibition, um, they uh, came upon an opportunity to buy a circus. Oh, an existing and, one. Yep, and they they ultimately ended up buying two or three, uh, Robinson Brothers, um, Sparks, um, 
Uh, and uh, C.R. Montgomery was a show that they both worked at while mom stayed here and um, went uh, into, got her degree at Chico State and Davis in math. Dad went on to um, play band at the, sh- at the in the circus. So right. he was able to. But he um, also got his degree while he was running the yep. circus shows? Yep, correct. Wow. But were the kids, how old were you guys? Were you actually helping? Well, I was born in 50, so I'm no youngster. And I had three older sisters, actually four, but one died young in, uh, uh, before she was even two. Um, and uh, the twins, uh, my younger twin brothers, were born in 52. So um, when they uh, had the twins, they moved back to Chico. Oh, okay. So when did you start? Did you actually help with the circus? You did all nope, the not, not In fact, not a bit. My total participation with the circus as a memory was uh, going with my dad when he became a teacher and traveling during the summer with a variety of shows, Ringling and Beatty and some of the others. Um, and then my brother and I joined a circus in 1976, George oh. Matthews, Great London Circus. What did you do? He and I were advance men, which means um, at that time um, we papered the town with posters. Oh, right. took the animals to um, coffee clatches and radio shows like this and and others. Promote the coming of the circus, yeah. Yeah, the first uh, town we were in is uh, Parkersburg, West Virginia. Wow. (laughs) So you did it nationwide? Yeah, yeah. Mostly east of the Mississippi, um, but... um, a couple of the end shows were in the Ohio Valley, uh, Cleveland and Akron and so forth. Yeah. So uh, did your dad pass away quite a while ago? Very or? early, 1987. Right. And then now your mom had a business in Chico for quite a while. What was that all about? Yeah, it was uh, one of the very first uh, gift shops. It's uh, it's still there. It was um, called Grace Jr. Oh, it started yeah. at the home called Handcraft House. Uh, it was next to uh, Fifth Street Steakhouse, right. and she started this in 1963 um, in an uh, outbuilding um, on our home, and then it grew very quickly. And so she um, moved to where the uh, Tri-Counties Bank is at Fifth and Salem, and then there for a couple of years, and then from there um, went on to uh, the, the 331 West The one Fifth. a couple doors down yeah. from that. Right. Which is a really interesting, uh, speaking of a business connection, it was the house that Betty Jane Roth was born in, and she's a um, quite a, a, a Chico, um, uh, what's the right word? Uh, she's Matriarch? Yeah, very much so. Yeah. What, what, what was her thing? Uh, real estate and oil. Oh, yeah. oil. Yep. What did, uh, like gas stations and so Oh, forth. okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Was she... Did she start that as herself, or did she inherit something? Um, or? She and her husband. Her husband did that business, and when he died, she took it over. Oh, wow. Yeah. I don't remember that name. Yep. So, and that was right next door to the Stansbury house. Right, in it? between Stansbury and Fifth Street. Right, and, and so, it's still there. Yep, it, it is still there, but... Um, no, Grace the, Jr. isn't there, I is know. It's not. No, right. Fifth Street um, took that over oh. and has made... Uh, um, a real special addition to the restaurant itself, and like a I'm, private party room or something. Yeah, a little bit. Um, and I'm I'm pleased to say that meeting with the guys, um, Kevin Riley and and uh, Mike Ware, um, they uh, they wanted to honor Grace because they had such a, a long relationship, and so they named uh, the main dining room in that building, the Grace Junior Room. So if you want oh, a reservation, great. once it's up and running after we're right, after uh, behind our this little COVID, shutdown yep, problem. Yeah. So um, that was uh, um, quite an honor. That's know great. that she'd love it. Yeah. Now, how long have you known those restaurant guys like Kevin? Oh, gosh. Because uh, those are some great restaurants they run. They are. Um, let's see. I first met them in the early 90s. Yeah. Well, we're going to be coming up on that first break. There's so much uh, interesting business knowledge that uh, Jesse Allred has about Chico. I really enjoy hearing all this. Uh, when we come back, we're going to get on back on that subject because some of the restaurants under this current lockdown situation are not open, but some are. Do you know much about that right now? Not a lot. Um, I've talked to the guys a bit, and I can tell you that uh, LaSalle's has an open patio 
But they've uh, also served inside, which I've they gone have. to. I, I don't know if they are right now. Yeah, we're going to get back to some more Chico business in just a minute. Stay tuned to Business Buzz. I'll be right back with Jesse Allred. This is Pause to Pray, a chance to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today, we pray for Paul Winfrey, chairman of the Fulbright Foreign Scholarship Board. He oversees cultural exchange programs, giving people the opportunity to work towards solving some of the most pressing problems facing society. John 13.35 reminds us of the importance of embracing other cultures. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God, we ask for guidance for Paul Winfrey in his work on the Fulbright Scholarship Board. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pause to Pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team. Create a heartfelt holiday message to send to the President and his family. It's a special Christmas greeting from your family to the first family. It's free at pausetopray.org. In this age of ear-tickling, where are we to turn to hear the Word? This is Pastor Greg Lundstedt from Equipping the Saints Radio, and I would like to invite you to tune in to Equipping the Saints to hear the uncompromising preaching and teaching of God's Word on this station. Look us up on the web at www.etsradio.org. We look forward to our time in the Word together. Weeknights at 6.30, it's Pastor Greg Lundstedt and Equipping the Saints, here on KKXX. Welcome back to Business Buzz. I'm Harold Littlejohn, CPA. I'm here talking with Jesse Allred. He's been around Chico, a businessman in Chico, a business family for a long time. Got a lot of interesting stories. But just on the subject of those restaurants, how many restaurants has, has that group owned? They have Riley's, oh, Frankie's. Riley's, Frankie's, LaSalle's, Fifth Street. Uh, Fifth Street. Is um, there any other one? Did they used to have uh, the one on the Esplanade? I don't recall the that. steak place. It uh, wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise cover. me. Was that? I know that uh, they have uh, one of their partners um, opened up another Fifth Street type uh, steakhouse down in Folsom. Oh, um, and it's we've eaten there once, and it's uh, f- just as good as Fifth Street. Yeah, well, I still think, in my opinion, it's the best hamburger in Chico. Yeah, at the bar at uh, Fifth Street. Yep. Well, I'll tell you, LaSalle's is. Really remarkable. Um, their food is amazing, uh, fair priced, and the people that work there are really nice. Oh, everybody loves their job there. Yeah. You, you can tell these guys know how to run a restaurant and keep people happy and serve them first class food. Right, they really do. I always like Frankie's uh, has good pizza yeah. still and, and yeah. the train that runs around. Yep. When my son was little, we used to go to Frankie's so we could watch the train. Yep. <laughs> yep. Great stuff. Great so stuff. so now so Grace Jr. started the store started in the sixties. Yeah, sixty three. Right? right, and I know it just recently closed because I've it been. It did. Um, I think it was um, in its fifty uh, fifth year um, when uh, my sister, who was running it after my mom passed on, um, wanted to retire. Right, uh, and so she did, and that was three years ago. Yeah, something like that. Seventeen, yeah, or, 17 18. or eighteen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's- Sad because there's very few Chico retailers left, except I'm thinking Bird in Hand, yep, Tom yep. Foolery, correct, and those are the two that come to mind for me. Yep, and both those guys, uh, they just run first class shops. Yeah, now the Tom Foolery is a new owner. I met him a couple years ago. Yep, same theme though. Uh, it's yeah. uh, it, it's really a, a good place to find very unique and interesting items. Yeah, when you need a gift, those two stores you will oh, yeah. find something unique. Absolutely. You know, you might not might not be the cheapest deal in town. But Doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, when you it, need a gift, you need a gift. Yeah, it, it's so easy to Amazon it, and I do it too. But I'm guilty um, of it too. It's too it, convenient. Everyone is. Yeah. It's very convenient, but um, when it comes to uh, supporting. Your local tax base, supporting right. your local employees, supporting right. downtown Chico and, and environs, you know, it doesn't hurt to, to 
go by there yeah. as often, and that's B-U-Y, as often as you can. Right. Yeah, I always notice I we, my wife and I, am, we go out a lot to eat and drink. And, yep. You know, and I think about all the support we give to all the employees by having dinner downtown. And I know it's not cheap to do it, but if everybody did it, there'd be that many more jobs. Well, it would. Um, even in a, um, quote, pandemic, end quote, um, there's a lot that um, every one of us can do to support local businesses. Right. Uh, and if you can't dine in, and I don't believe anybody's dining in right now, uh, there are places that uh, have um, external or um, places like LaSalle's. Right, and they have pickup zone. They have Definitely. curbside pickup yep. on all those. Yeah. And there's some good bargains for the for the delivery side of things, too. Um, I could name the brands, but there's a lot of local guys that are doing this, so pay attention to that as well. I try to buy local when I can. I used to go to that. You'll probably even know the name, but there was an office supply store right downtown between like second and third on Broadway. I think. Yep. Uh, in fact, I, I uh, Staples. I went to school with the Staples. Oh. Yep. Was their name was Staples? Mm-hmm. Anything to do with the big Staples? No, nothing. Just you know the store I'm talking about. Oh yeah. I used yeah. to shop there, and then I also I don't know if they're still there. Is there still that little? Office supply store near La Comida on Mangrove? They, uh, yes, there is. And they still sell paper and Yep. Um, let's see. It's a one-word, mm. it's a four-letter name. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. I'm having a, a Shoot, I, a I shouldn't have brought it up if too. I didn't know the you name. can't name it. I want to yeah. plug their place because, yeah. I mean, we you try to buy local. but do a search. Yeah, but if you use Office Depot, you're technically helping some local jobs. You, but you are. You're still Absolutely. helping. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, But then again... In a roundabout way, if you order from Amazon, you're helping all these guys who are the drivers for FedEx and UPS. I mean, really. Local people deliver local things yeah. no matter where they're coming from. And the main so thing is, I mean, yeah, any yeah. business you do in Chico, you're going to help somebody while you're doing it. Yep. Now, you have quite an interesting background yourself. Now, you didn't you used to work in the Bay Area? Um, yes, I did for quite a while, um, for a couple of software companies and, um, basically uh, started consulting and uh, moved to the East coast with another software company. And then, Oh, did you live on the East coast for a while? Twice. Yeah. Two of my kids are born in New Hampshire. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I moved back there to work with uh, Toys R Us. Oh. Uh, when they were opening the Boston market. Oh. Um, and then uh, moved back here and started working in the video game industry, a software industry. Oh. And then uh, in the CAD CAM industry as well. What's CAD CAM? Uh, computer assisted design. Oh. Because I know lately you've been involved with a Work Truck Solution. Is that right? Yes. I have the pleasure of working there and um, helping found the company. Uh, Catherine Schifferly is the one who is leading it. Um, it is basically a SaaS, which is software as a service, and we provide um, unique views to commercial trucks and bodies, vocational bodies, for dealers 800-plus all across the United States. Ford, GM, C, Chevrolet, um, Ram, Ram? etc. Yes. I remember when that started, you were saying at that time nobody had a way to look up the inventory of work trucks. No, and we're fact, talking trucks with, with oddball yeah, back flat, ends, well, right? And, and maybe not even oddball. There, there's flatbeds and dump trucks, and of course the the transit vans where um, you know plumbers and electricians, right? And, they all need one. Solar all have now um, perfectly crafted vans uh, insides. To hold everything they need to go out and for a job. In fact, I've I've used uh, the Lock Dock, a local. Um, I love I love Ralph. Man. I know Ralph's <laughs> yeah. an awesome guy. Um, he's got one of those things tricked out, and he's got a an office chair in there that can slide back and forth. And he is an on-site make your key, get into your car, uh, help you uh, with any lock problem out there. He even made a chip key for me yeah. a few months ago yeah. when I lost my. I still think my car key is somewhere between where I parked it <laughs> and my office. I'm Every sure day I look along the ground. Oh, I yeah. can't find it. Absolutely. <laughs> right. Well, my parents used to do concessions, uh, you know, like 
hot dogs, popcorn, peanuts. Oh, like at the fair and stuff? Well, no, never at the fair. It, it, it flew out of the uh, Pan American Zoological Exhibition, another way to make money. But um, we had the concession stands at uh, the Orland Pool, Shapiro Pool, and Bidwell Junior High Pools. Oh. And so um, we had to police the area at the end of the day. Like every selling day. popsicles to the kids and stuff? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and uh, you know, bring you food for, for swim team and uh-huh. swim meets and things like that. And um, I remember my dad would always send us out with bags at the end of the night to pick up all the papers from the stands, whether it was a softball game or something else. And so, yeah, we would always keep our eyes down on the ground for whatever it is we could find. Wow. Yeah. Did you ever find anything good after a game or something like twenty dollar bill? Twenty dollar bill? Yeah, nice. Yeah, usually dimes, quarters, and nickels. Yeah, but back then they were silver. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's true. They were. Yeah. That's a whole nother subject. Yes, it is. <laughs> well, that's really cool. I remember I found a five dollar bill when I was in Canada. My mom and I were checking out of some restaurant, and there was a fiver on the floor, and I got it. Yep. I mean, yep. one thing about money, I learned this in law school, title, when you find something, like if you find a shoe, that you have the title to that shoe to everybody but the real owner. Yeah, correct. Right. Correct. But if you find cash, the bearer, the owner is you. Yep. You hold it, it's yours. It depends. Now, if there's cash inside a wallet and there's ID in the wallet, you should do the right well, thing. Well, yeah, but I'm just saying, if you find it, if you find a dollar bill on the ground, it yeah. is it is yours. Yep. There, you yep. don't have to go to the police station. That's what the law says. One. Yeah. Well, I would. I, I think there's actually a limit if the, if you find any enormous amount of like cash. like ten the, grand. Yeah. I, yeah. I think there's a actually. I probably wouldn't there. want to touch it if I saw no. that. <laughs> no. Definitely not. <laughs> Excuse me, we're going to get right back to Business Buzz in a minute. I'm Harold Littlejohn, CPA. Stay tuned. In the Egyptian pantheon of gods, the Nile River was the number one god. Pharaoh Hophra told people that the Nile River came from him, making himself thus the number one God. No wonder God decided to finish him off. David Hawking explains it's always pride that comes before the fall. This week on Hope for Today. Tune in for Hope for Today weekdays at 8 a.m. here on KKXX. This is Pastor Chris Kinson from Community Church of God in Chico. Recently, many businesses and churches have been allowed to open up because the rate of COVID-19 infections has dropped. Our church is now open and we will resume our regular schedule. Our Sunday service will now be at 11 a.m. We also have a midweek Bible study at the church on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. and a ladies' Bible study on Thursday mornings at our fellowship hall at 10 a.m. We have hand sanitizer and masks available. We also have a radio broadcast that can be heard every Sunday morning on KKXX at 10.30. It's called Your Message for Today, and we hope that you would listen in and enjoy the preaching and teaching on this broadcast. We'd also like to extend an invitation to you to come and visit us at Community Church of God, 1095 East Avenue, Chico, California. And may God richly bless you. As a radio station, we believe when you find a great church, you've found something that will change your life. I love my church. Um, it's great. It's uplifting, great pastor, good people. Mainly just a lot of friendships and fellowship and just encouragement. I get a weekly dose of God's Word. We encourage you to take the time to find a dynamic, vibrant church in the area and get plugged in to God. Part of one body, but all different parts. I love it that we can just come together and just worship God. It's a family to us. Life Radio, KKXX, AM and FM. Welcome back to Business Buzz. I'm Harold Littlejohn, CPA. I'm here talking to Jesse Allred. He's got a whole family history and a lot of his own history with lots of good local and nationwide uh, business. So I'm always welcome to have him visit us on Business Buzz. 
So, Jesse, we were talking a little bit about Work Truck Solution. I thought that was pretty cool because, I mean, there's probably thousands of different styles of each truck brand, and now there's a place where all the dealers can go to find exactly what they need. It's That's- really true. Um, the biggest problem was if you wanted to buy a Mustang, you could go on to a dealership's website and, in a lot of instances, uh, change the color of uh, the Mustang you wanted, look at it from a number of different angles, um, you know, buy the base the model, add every whatever. option. Exactly right. so. And if you ever needed a work truck, there was nothing on a dealership's work truck uh, website that right. said like with a commercial rack, or like, work trucks. Like electrician or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, the company created uh, a very interesting uh, carousel that's at the top of every dealer's website. And basically, the carousel um, is a vocational guide. If I'm somebody that needs to haul a, a couple of tons of bricks on pallets, I can go find a, a platform, and it gives you a lot of detailed information about that. So, now, so even a new guy that doesn't know what he needs could go and absolutely. find what he needs. Well, it gives it gives them the opportunity with the ability for tablets, telephone, uh, and, and website to do the research really simply before they even make a call. Right. And then they can make a call and say, hey, I saw this thing whatever it is, a dump truck or a, or a flatbed or some other type of vocational body. And the, the dealer uh, and the dealership are fully versed on what it is and what they're talking about. It's very visual as well. It's a lot right. of information on the cab chassis side or the van side, a lot of information on the body side. So Work Truck Solution has how many employees now? Um, uh, boy, it's growing. So it was 50 something about a year or two. uh, Yeah, it was. And we're, I believe we're at 80. Don't quote me, but I think it's 80 plus. And you try to hire local, right? Oh, whenever we can. Yeah. Yeah, Whenever we can definitely do that. Uh, But some of the positions that, uh, we have outside of the area, um, kind of depend. We've got some Dallas people. We've got some Detroit people, obviously. Now, do you have people all over the country that are signing up dealerships? No, we have regional sales managers that work both here in Chico and at a variety of locations around the U.S., uh, Norfolk, Virginia, um, uh, Dallas, uh, Detroit, so et cetera. What, what percentage of those 80 employees or so, what percentage of them are doing like computer work to keep the, keep oh, the program just goodness. right? Um, and then how many are actually doing sales around the country? 80, 80% is development. It wow. always is keeping it, uh, keeping web it developers. We have a new website that's just a year old called Comvoy, which is not a business-to-business website. It's a business-to-consumer website. So it's a place where um, individuals in the construction industry or commercial truck businesses uh, in need of information about a particular um, vocation or body or something can go to Comvoy, C-O-M-V-O-Y dot com, and see uh, a variety of things. In fact, um, Slater and Sons, Howard Slater, did a video for us. Oh. So lots of good local stuff happening there, right. too. So Catherine was the kind of the whole founder of this. Yes, correct. She and a gentleman by the name of Joe Hughes. Joe so, is the president of the National Ford Truck Club, which is a sponsored-based organization to support Ford dealerships. Okay. So... Who had the light bulb go off? Was it him that mentioned to Catherine that we have no way to find these trucks? Or That's exactly what happened. In a conversation with Catherine, Joe said, uh, well, in response to a question from her, um, what's the most difficult thing that a commercial dealer uh, addresses every day? And Joe responded with, I can't find a truck. Right. You don't know and, where to look to yeah, find what you're... Kind of, absurd. Right. But at the time, there wasn't anybody that was focusing on commercial vehicles, bodies, and, and cab chassis. And Catherine is a professor at Chico State in the business department. She has department, been. Right? Um, I think she still is, but yeah, I think she's on She sabbatical. was back then. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah, definitely. And she's like a marketing type? Oh, or? marketing pro. Yep. Right. Absolutely. So she kind of jumped on this and... Uh, yeah, she, was that about um, seven or eight years ago now? Uh, it, it, the idea started in 2009 uh, as a concept and then grew. Um, and like all startups, you know, you, you have name changes and personnel changes and right. things, things like that. And uh, the company actually signed its first dealer 
uh, in late December 2012 mm-hmm. uh, and made them live in 2013. So we're seven years into revenue-generating business. Right. And how many dealers approximately do you have under your uh, room We right just now? had a meeting on Monday, and uh, it's 850 or 860 in all stripes. Now, how many how many dealerships are in the country? I mean, how many that oh, sell trucks? Um, so you guys have room to grow is what I'm trying yeah, to say. In the, and and, and it, it gets defined um, – the medium duty or regular dealerships like Whitmire or or Corning Ford, um, those guys are class ones, which is a pickup, up to uh, class seven, but not all uh, uh, dealerships uh, do a class seven. Class eight are tractor trailers. So we've just started with heavy duty as well. Oh, um, setting up sites on convoy for a lot of the national type um, heavy duty. Uh, class eight tractor trailer companies. Now, are we talking? And I'm going to seem ignorant with this, but I just don't know all the workings of that company. We're talking new and used. On oh yes, this whole absolutely. Thing? Yep. Because a new lot of guys, used. a lot of business guys, don't want to buy new. They want to nope. find something for fifteen or twenty grand that they can use for a few years. Correct. And, right. and that's the the class seven through um, class one through seven right. type, like the smaller truck yep. with a big rack in the back. Absolutely. And, yeah. Yep. That's a huge marketplace, and it's really uh, once again in the pandemic, it has really soared. Right, because certain businesses are doing better than ever Correct. with the pandemic. Yep. Yeah. Well, in which fact, is kind of unfortunate. Commercial for truck Trump. business, um, electricians and and carpenters, and and you name it. Um, it's considered essential business because it keeps everything uh, maintained, built, and up up and running. Right. I can imagine your family would not be happy with their circus business in a pandemic. Uh, no. Yeah. Uh, wasn't happy with the last couple of years of the circus business. When um, was that that they pretty much exited it finally? I mean, uh, 2017 or 18 was uh, some of the last Ringling shows, and we attended the one of the very last ones um, in uh, Providence, Rhode Island. and the, Oh, you the, mean that's kind of the end of the circus business totally? Uh, no, just uh, the circus business with animals. Uh, but Ringling and a number of other circuses have really been Cirque du Soleil. They're stage shows, right. um, not uh, multiple-ring circuses. Anymore. Well, the, the rules and regulations for transporting animals oh, okay. across state lines all changed right. federally. Okay. Uh, and then uh, the treatment of animals... Um, uh, the rules and regulations uh, became just too um, expensive to right. to maintain. That's another situation, and I'm guessing, but you could probably chime in that one bad apple spoils the whole bunch. Oh, there's you get a couple chumps messing the animals. Absolutely, up. in any yeah. profession, anywhere, whether it's a a zoo or a home, or a circus or or anywhere else, there's always someone that um, has something wrong with them and um, doesn't really think. Uh, long-term about anything but themselves. And let me tell you, circuses and zoos typically, and that's as in anything else, that's the highest percentage, including police, know that their bread and butter comes from the gracious treatment and the well-being of the animals. Right. Um, And um, that's just gone by the wayside or seems like people think it's a bad thing now. But if you've never seen an elephant... Um, where would you go to see a live elephant? Yeah, unless you're near a zoo or something. Yeah, exactly. So are there any circuses still traveling, like Wingling Brothers? Yeah, there's a few. Um, um, this year. Um, oh, you know, no, I, I, this year I think they definitely wouldn't. Definitely not. Right, but, right. Yeah. But wow. They, there will. No, Ringling is pretty much closed. Mm. Yeah, they had their last shows a couple of years ago. Mm. Then there was one called Circus Vargas. I remember oh, they, yeah, Circus they would Vargas. come through. Cliff, he was. Well, you he, knew that guy. I oh, figured yeah, you would. Yeah, mom <laughs> knew him. Mom knew him real well. Dad knew him. Uh, he was just a flamboyant character. Did no he treat? Then those guys treated the animals really. Oh well. yeah. Oh yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, and they they at one point had a five ring show, mm-hmm. um, and over the years reduced it down to three as a lot of the rules and regulations started constraining how these organizations operated. Right. So back to work truck solutions. Uh, that's just going to keep getting bigger and bigger. Is that right? Absolutely. In fact, uh, starting with uh, Convoy and then uh, developing a marketplace for um, uh, heavy duty uh, is really uh, very, very exciting. And the company is doing very well and growing and hiring people. 
In fact, um, I believe that we're probably going to have several positions available. So if anybody's interested in working for a software company, make sure you go to worktrucksolutions.com and look under careers, and there'll be information there. Do you know where you guys rank in size of Chico homegrown companies? Because I'm thinking Sierra Nevada is big. There's a few out there that are pretty big. Lulu's, uh, Build, Sierra Nevada. Right, Build.com is huge. Yep, yep, you pr- you're probably in the top 10. Um, I, I don't know. You know, I've never even yeah, looked But if that. you have 80 employees, that's fairly large. It's for, pretty good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, you know. It's, I was just thinking. Yeah. There's what does a, there's Build a lot must of have about? ones out there. It seems like everybody that my son knew in high school works <laughs> for Build, yeah. the ones that stayed in Chico. Yep. They hire a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, they do. Um, in fact, uh, my school, uh, Hood Chum, his son has worked there for five or six years, and it's just... And they're good to their employees. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yep. Awesome company. That's great. Yep. So what are some of your... Um, what are you looking forward to for yourself? I mean, you're... you're Like you said, you are born in 1950. Yep. So... Are you sort of going to retire? Looking at it, yeah, and yeah. uh, trying to decide when best. But retire is an interesting word. It's not like um, I have a ton of money. Uh, and even if I did, retiring is doing nothing except enjoying life. And I can do that while I work. That's right. We'll be right back on Business Buzz. Stay tuned. Different races? No. This is Ken Ham, co-author of the powerful book against racism called One Race, One Blood. Yesterday we learned everyone is descended from the first two people God created. Therefore, there's only one race, the human race. But if we're all one race, why are there different people groups around the world? Where'd they come from? Well, the Bible gives us the answer. After the global flood, the human population gathered together in rebellion against God. Now, God confused their languages, forcing them to spread out and fill the earth. And as they moved around the world, each group took unique combinations of genetic information with them. And soon, well, different people groups and cultures arose. But everyone traces their ancestry back to Noah and then back to Adam and Eve. Discover more answers to racism when you go to our website, AnswersRadio.com. Relevant answers from the Bible and science are found right there. AnswersRadio.com. I spend a lot of time in the backyard, and I'm the center of attention at summer barbecues. In 96, I made some of the tastiest s'mores. And at 09, it was me, your backyard fire pit, that accidentally started a wildfire when a summer breeze carried one of my embers into some dry brush. Spark a change, not a wildfire. Visit SmokeyBear.com, brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Only you can prevent wildfires. Welcome back to Business Buzz. We're talking with Jesse Allred. He's, I won't say he's in the autumn of his career, but, I mean, he's been working hard for, what, 50-something years? Oh, at least, yeah. You probably started working in your teens. Uh, Yeah, my first job was uh, working at the Shell Station at the corner of uh, Cohasset and East Avenue. Oh. I was 16. Which corner was that? Was that the poorhouse corner? Southeast. Southeast would be the Subaru yeah. corner. Yeah. And before that, we, I mean, we, we always worked. Our parents did, my dad did dance jobs and, and New Year's uh, band gigs. And mom was always doing something. And basically we worked the concessions. Uh, I loaded 50 pound bags of ice. And wow. uh, when I got old enough to count change, uh, we'd uh, go in and wait on customers at the three pools. Wow. Yeah. So, I'm thinking if you if you retire with quotes. Yeah. Yeah, people like you will never stop working. That's like me. People ask, "Oh, how long are you going to work?" and I'm like, "What else am I going to do? I'll, I'd have too much time to spend money if I wasn't working." Well, um 
I have quite a, a circus uh, poster collection, and I've often thought that developing a, a lease or rental model uh, for preserving some of these 1913 uh, to 1975, uh, 80, um, all the way from stone lithograph posters, which are unique works of art, from uh, what's called half sheet, which is uh, 27 inches by uh, 27 inches, and then um, a one sheet, which is 42 by 27. So are you All the thinking way up to a billboard size, like a museum frontage somewhere? No, that... no, corporate America. Uh, people are always interested in looking for um, interesting art for their lobbies oh, and to for rent their to them break... for like yeah. exhibitions, rent or lease. So um, I, I think that um, that'd be a fun one for retirement because you can. Oh, travel. absolutely! I travel all over the pl- all over the world. There's there's a lot of circus poster uh, people all over the United States and and Europe as well and Russia, and so um, collecting them is always fun. Preserving them is essential, and basically you linen mount them so that the backing and the poster become one. And you always do that in such a way that it is reversible. In other words, museum you can undo quality. It, yeah. Right? yeah, there's always new technology being created, and coming up with the way that you protect uh, these, what I consider to be works of art, um, are uh, it's really a pretty exciting thought. So I'm considering uh, looking at that as as a retirement effort, not as a, a job per se. Yeah. But honestly, you know, if you are in it for a profit, you would be able to have some write-offs. Oh, absolutely. Against the income. You got to be in it for a profit. Yeah. Um, otherwise, I don't think you can provide um, a good enough service if you're not trying to make money. Right. Plain and simple. You've right. got to be able to make money. Um, it, it's uh, inherent in the way that you make presentations, in the business models that you create, and the product you produce. Well, what I notice is. With this disparity of incomes these days, some of these businesses have so much money that, I mean, writing a check to someone like you for ten grand to decorate their office for a month yeah, really wouldn't be a – it would be a petty cash, basically. Yep. It's not uh, – it's kind of remarkable how many uh, organizations have uh, become more robust in – their funds over the last couple of years. Right. So, yeah, it's, uh, I, I believe there's a business opportunity there. It's a matter of um, paying attention to it and building it up like any other business. Right. And you already have the materials to use in Correct. the business. Correct. Yep. And you there's know, a number of You know, you if once you start the business, we get to depreciate them against your income. Absolutely you know correct. <laughs> and plus, I can take those things and take them to a reprographic company and have them reproduced identically, um, and you put a legend on it so everybody knows that it, it is a reproduction. Right. But these things are amazing works of art. You could probably sell those reproductions. Absolutely correct. Wow. Or lease them too. I mean, yeah, lease not those. everybody wants to spend ten thousand right. dollars a could, month. They on could a get the twenty-four sheet. They could billboard. get the repro uh, copies for yep. three thousand. Correct. That sounds great. Yep. Don't know what the numbers will be. Haven't spent any time other than just thinking about whether or not it's interesting. So you do your research, you ask your questions, uh, you form your plan, you build your business plan, um, you you check out the costs needed, and then you launch. Now you I don't you know more about the museum business than I do because I know you used to represent one or you worked on the board of one. I did. I had the pleasure of being with the Gateway Science Museum. Um, for 20 years. I retired uh, this past June 30 at the end of their fiscal. Wow. And so wouldn't there be a chance that if you had this super collection of circus art, that a museum would pay you to bring it for an exhibition? Or it's do they want that for free? We had that discussion with uh, with the people at uh, the Gateway, um, and uh, we, we really didn't uh, there were so many other opportunities in advance of that that we never brought it to a fruition, but it's always a possibility. And I mean, you um, could have like the museum of, uh, like an art museum in oh, New yeah, York. Absolutely, would love to have that yep. as an exhibit. Yep, and they I would pay have for to, that. Yeah, it, generally, uh, it, it depends on how well it's put together, because putting an exhibit together uh, is a very tough thing to do. 
And um, it's not something I would be interested in. It's something I'd be interested in participating in. Right. There's a number of exhibit companies out there that put shows together and traveling exhibits. In fact, the Gateway has created a couple of traveling exhibits, although uh, they're not quite uh, ready for prime time yet. Right. Uh, but it's always less expensive uh, to create something that is of value to show to the public um, rather than go rent it. Uh, and and display it. It just depends on what it is. It, right. It, uh, buying a uh, renting or leasing a traveling exhibit is a very expensive proposition. Right. Now the history, as far as circuses, did they originate in Europe? Would that have been originally, or is this, this kind of an uh, that, American there's, thing? There's there's a, a a challenge to that. They say yes, we say it's us. Uh, the way that I put it is, um, I have read and truly believe that. The entire theater world was created because of the circus, because the circus traveled from town to town to town in the mid-1800s. And at the same time, people uh, could create a show, bring a show into town, show a show for a couple of days, and move along to the next town. Um, and there's a—it's funny—looking at um, books of purchasing— uh, window cards and posters and and all the things they're they're broken down into theater and movie and and uh, circus and and the like and uh, it's my belief that circuses came first. Yeah, because that was before motion pictures and theater. It was. It it was. There, there was plays going on, but that was at a sure. Yep. And that really wouldn't be for the. I mean, it's not really for the whole family. There was per some se. traveling. Theater groups, no, but I mean, definitely. but but the entertainment in the 1800s would have been locales that had plays or music, like a concert. Um, but that's not some. Uh, but, but little uh, kids wouldn't really go to plays and no, ballets. And, and in fact, there's a lot of educational background to circuses, um, because uh, how many people in, in in 1875 had ever seen a lion or a or an elephant or a hippopotamus right. Right. or a clown, for that matter? Right. Uh, and so uh, it was an educational experience. It it was very exciting for towns to to have these things travel to them. I was going to ask in your family's it, it, first. It was the zoological Pan American Ex- Zoological Ex- Exhibition. Yes, right. The uh, PZE. Yeah. 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 After then, it became a circus with animals. Right. Correct. Did you also hire clowns? Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How right. many clowns were in a? Gosh, you know, I, I don't have a recollection <laughs> okay. of that. Uh, every circus, depending upon the size. Right. Um, clowns have a special purpose in circuses. They are to distract the audience, uh, very much like uh, the lights going out and the, and the drapes closing in a theater. Um, they come out on stage when the act is departing and a new one is being constructed. Right. So it keeps the attention away from watching the other Correct. stuff. So, yeah, the audience is looking at what the clowns are doing, not at them assembling a net and putting 12 lions in it. Right. I mean, a cage. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. It's like rodeo clowns have a major role. Oh, yeah, definitely. Same concept. Right. Same concept. That's interesting. Yep. So what do you, other than uh, make continuing to make Work Truck Solution a viable, big, big business, what else have you been working on lately? Have you been doing anything I've been doing a couple of fun things. Um, Are you still helping f- with consulting with your computer friends? No, nope, I, I haven't. In fact, I ran into, uh, we, we went to Memorial this past weekend. I ran into a friend that uh, is still consulting and uh, helping people with hardware and software problems. But no, I'm, um, my other um, happy time is working with the National Ford Truck Club um, and uh, promoting that club and other clubs around the U.S. Uh, we produce uh, six issues a year of a magazine for all of the Ford dealerships in the U.S. And so oh. that's uh, uh, a lot of fun to uh, speak with all of uh, the sponsors. The sponsors are the bodybuilders. So some companies that uh, make a flatbed or um, produce some kind of software like Work Truck Solutions. Um, and so it's pretty exciting. We've got a readership of more than 6,000 people. Wow. Uh, very focused. Because it's just uh, the commercial truck world. Um, our, our readers are the individuals that buy and sell uh, these upfitted trucks and vehicles, all Ford. Uh, we cater to Ford solely. 
Um, and the sponsors are, uh, it works with all of the OEMs, but specifically Ford, to make sure that their bodies are being promoted to these dealerships across the country. So is Ford still the number one truck, American truck company, do you think? or A I mean, number it, one. A number yeah, one. By far, right? The, they own 50% plus, and some, some people say 52%, some say 56% of the entire commercial truck business. Uh, and everybody else represents the other uh, the remainder 45, 45 right. to, to 48%. Yeah. Now, yeah. so, but does Ford make big semi trucks like Peterbilt and Mack and all those? Um, that's a, that's a great question. Uh, they, I, I know that they've dabbled in it, but no, uh, they, they don't make the big ones, but the, I, I don't the numbers so. on the big ones aren't like the numbers on the oh, pickup goodness, truck world. No. Well, it <laughs> depends. Um, we're finding in the HD world that, uh, tractors, as they're called, because you hook up a trailer to a tractor, regardless whether it's a, a crane or a flatbed or whatever, right. um, is is a very very large marketplace. Oh, okay. Very different from the commercial dealerships. So, uh, but Work Truck Solutions is getting into the tractor trailer world, also. Uh, yes, we're building websites for uh, the uh, the dealerships that sell these tractors. And uh, various upfitted uh, bodies, vocational bodies. How many dealerships sell big truck tractors like that? I mean, as a percentage, maybe one out of 30 more than or I can count. More a than lot? Uh, yeah, a lot. But they don't keep them on a lot, like you see. Sure, the they do. You bet they, they do? do. You bet. Oh, I don't notice those that much. I guess they're around. They are definitely around. They're probably around like on I-5 and Stockton. Yeah, and places it depends. Like that. Uh, metropolitan areas yeah. or nearby is, yeah. Definitely. Don't those now call? I saw one the other day. It looked like it had an apartment behind it. Oh, yeah. They, don't they, they run about uh, 500 grand now for one of those? Um, probably. Yeah. I, I haven't looked at yeah. uh, tractor prices. It might even be more than that. Uh, it's possible. Um, the, the good news about all of those in the used world, uh, I'm seeing trucks come across my desk that have 200,000 to 500,000 miles, and you look at them and they look brand new. Yeah, because they take they have to take good care of them. Their lifetime life cycle is very long if they're well maintained. I didn't want to even get into this subject, but I don't have to. We're coming up on the final end of the show. All right. <laughs> Thanks for coming, Jesse. It's always fun to talk with you. I appreciate the time. Thanks. All Good right. Speaking with you, Harold. I'll see everybody on the next business buzz. Don't miss it. KKXX, Paradise, K280GL, Chico, and K283AR, Chico, Yuba City, Marysville. Breaking news this hour from townhall.com, I'm Keith Peters. Hundreds more U.S. hospitals have started inoculating their workers as a second COVID-19 vaccine moves towards government authorization. About 400 hospitals and other health care facilities are getting first shipments of the Pfizer vaccine today. Ohio Lieutenant Governor John Houston said he could tell that the arrival of vaccine boosted morale among staff at Ohio Health's Riverside Methodist Hospital. The term I heard often is that this is the beginning of the end. We, we know we have a, a lot to go, but it was hope. And it was the beginning of feeling, I think, for many of them that they didn't just have therapeutics, but they had a weapon against the virus that that will work. The Food and Drug Administration says a second potential COVID-19 vaccine developed by Moderna appears safe and highly effective. An expert panel will publicly review the shot on Thursday, and FDA clearance is expected soon afterward. After a punishing fall that left hospitals struggling, some Midwestern states are seeing a decline in new coronavirus cases. But the signs of improvement are offset by the infection's accelerating speed on both coasts. States including Iowa, Michigan, Minnesota, and Nebraska have seen a decrease in the numbers of people testing positive for COVID-19. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell has acknowledged for the first time that Joe Biden has been elected president. The Kentucky Republican broke his silence on the Democrats' win after weeks in which he and other GOP leaders refused to contradict President Trump in his claim he was the victor in an election marred by fraud. McConnell made his remarks on the Senate floor a day after the Electoral College affirmed Biden's victory. State and federal courts around the country have rejected cases filed by President Trump and his legal team. Bob Agner reporting. 
On Wall Street, the Dow up by 337 points. The Nasdaq rose 155. The S&P advanced 47. More at townhall.com. I'm Dr. Baker, an ER physician. If you're having leg pain, swelling, or redness, but haven't talked to your doctor yet, don't wait. This could be deep vein thrombosis, a blood clot which could travel to your lungs and lead to a pulmonary embolism, which could cause chest pain or discomfort or difficulty breathing and be deadly. Your symptoms can mean something serious, so don't wait. Talk to a doctor right away by phone, online, or in person. Brought to you by Bristol-Myers Squibb and Pfizer. Do you think all vitamin C's are the same? They're not. Ester C is a superior form of vitamin C. It's the only vitamin C with 24-hour immune support. And it lasts up to two times longer than regular vitamin C. So don't just settle for any vitamin C. Buy Ester C and support your immune health today. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Here's the townhall.com business brief. U.S. industrial production increased four-tenths percent in November. The Federal Reserve says last month's gain followed an even stronger 0.9% increase in October. Manufacturing received a boost from a rebound in output at auto plants following three months of declines. Even with November's gain, industrial output remains 5% below its level in February before the pandemic hit. Correspondent Jeremy House. Stocks closing broadly higher on Wall Street. A measure of small company stocks hit a record high, as did the Nasdaq Composite. The Nasdaq up 155 points to 12,595. The Dow gained 337 points today to finish at 30,199. The S&P was ahead 47 to 3,694. New York oil up 59 cents to $47.58 a barrel. With business, I'm John Scott. News and analysis at townhall.com. I'm Keith Peters in Washington. Wow! I feel good. I knew that I would.